Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Happy New Year. Cheers to 2024. I hope you had amazing holidays. And you guys loved the manifestation stories that I told on the last episode. I got your DMs and your emails, and those were all based on the book, Write It Down, Make It Happen. So I'm reading this book. I'm listening to past episodes. I'm working on my own manifestation creating my life process, I got really inspired to go back and find some of our favorite stories, our favorite goal-setting stories, manifestation stories from Food Heals to inspire you to create the life that you want and reach your goals in 2024 and do it with grace and ease, right? This does not have to be hard. We do not have to be hard on ourselves when we go after what we want. We don't have to hold ourselves back because it didn't work in the past, right? So I was inspired to inspire you. I was motivated, so I want to motivate you. So introducing the New Year's series where we're chatting all about creating the life you want in 2024 and beyond. Now, my personal formula for this is appreciate, believe, take action, receive. It kind of rhymes, so hopefully you can remember (laughs) remember it. Appreciate, believe, take action, receive. And I think all the stories in this series that you're going to hear really back up my theory of how this works. So we start with appreciation. And it can also be called gratitude, but I know there are some times in our darkest days when we cannot get to gratitude. So that's why we start easy with appreciation. Wait, is appreciation? Appreciation. First, we have to get into the appreciation of what we do have. Appreciating the abundance around us sets that foundation for welcoming more of it into our lives, welcoming more things for us to appreciate. Then you have to believe, right? Belief is the building block of creating the life that we create. We have to believe that we can have more. We have to believe that we can have what it is we desire. We have to believe that we deserve what it is that we desire. So that means we also have to dissolve the blocks that hold us back from believing it. So that's when all those tools I've talked about before and on the last episode, like write and burn come in handy and letting go of the misbeliefs that we've held on to for far too long. So number one, appreciate. Number two, believe. Number three is my favorite, take action because I'm type A. So 
I can sit around and meditate and write and do all the things, but I love creating that to-do list. I love taking my action steps. Our dreams thrive on action. So taking those tangible steps towards our goals is vital. This is the bridge that connects our dreams to make them reality, right? And then number four is to receive. That's when you sit back, you relax with that inner knowing that you've done the work. And now you can receive without expectation. We can be open and willing to receive without attachment to the outcome. And with the thought of this or something better for the highest good of all concerned. This will pave the way for unexpected blessings. And it also blocks anything that's not meant for us from coming in. So we may be manifesting or trying to create something in our lives that's actually not to serve. It's not going to serve our highest purpose or the highest purpose of those around us. And so that's when you just release it. You're like, all right, here's what I want. I'm working on it. And it's either this or something better. Because remember, when our prayers go unanswered, there's a reason for it. It's like that song, the Garth Brooks song, Sometimes I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. So this puts us in a position to receive all the abundance that's meant for us without expectation or attachment. So whatever it is you're trying to create, manifest, write about, talk about, sing about, Just say this or something better for the highest good of all concerned. And that is how you become a vibrational match for your desire and it becomes your current reality. So again, it's appreciate, believe, take action, receive. All right, now let's hear from some of our favorite guests and some of their magical manifestation stories. This is just to inspire you, get you thinking, get you excited for 2024. When I was putting this series together and re-listening to all these episodes, I was getting so fired up. And so that's what I wish for you with this series. So first up, we're talking about how to think and grow rich with James Whitaker. Then we're talking about how to manifest your dream home with JJ Flazanes. Then we'll talk about how to create your future with vision boards, with future boards with Sarah Centrella. Then we're talking about the divine prayer that you can use to call in the one, to call in true love and how Josh Trent did it. And then finally, we'll be talking about how to build an abundant business with Lynn Taggart. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. You and I met under interesting circumstances. It was at the premiere of Think and Grow Rich, the legacy film, which you are a part of. And then we also hung out at Brandon T. Adams' event, Live to Grind, but what was your relationship with the film and then how did you get to write the book? Tell us all about that. Yeah, well, I had the opportunity to meet the filmmakers. I met Sean, Karina and Joel at Santa Monica and we were talking about the project and their expectations for this. And I knew from that conversation that they were going to turn this into something pretty pretty amazing. They'd already had some people on board like Bob Proctor and Rob Deerdeck and Barbara Corcoran and Lewis Howes and a really amazing eclectic group of entrepreneurs and business minds. I had always had a very strong relationship with Think and Grow Rich because it was the book that transformed my dad's professional life. He was on the verge of a very difficult situation and then he read Think and Grow Rich and it completely transformed his life. So 
I think when I met with the filmmakers, I just asked them around what their ideas were for the uh, for the book. Like what they were obviously going to release an updated book with the film, and at that point they were just so busy with the day to day duties of making the film that they hadn't been able to give it too much thought. So I pitched them a concept which they absolutely loved, and then I came on board the project shortly after as author of the book and co executive producer of the film. That's incredible. And so I just want to step backwards. And in case anyone listening doesn't know, can you tell us about Napoleon Hill's original book and then how this got translated into a film and how it applies to today, like his practices and principles? And that's the book that affected your dad, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Napoleon Hill was a young reporter from Wise County in Virginia, and he was tasked with interviewing some of the most successful people who ever lived, people like Andrew Carnegie and Thomas Edison and Henry Ford more than 500 of the world's most successful individuals. So he wrote this book on the tail end of the First World War and the Great Depression, a really interesting time for modern history, and released it in 1937, which was basically on the precipice of the Second World War as well. So this book became an instant phenomenon. It showed how all these extraordinary people, some of the wealthiest people who ever lived, were able to turn ordinary actions through consistently applying a proven set of success principles into extraordinary achievement. And Napoleon Hill was the one, he basically coined the achievement philosophy, which was 13 steps to success. And he found that those who succeeded did so irrespective of financial starting point, irrespective of any adversities or perceived misfortune. The people who succeeded were the ones who had the faith, the desire, the persistence. They surrounded themselves with winners. They were able to control the thoughts that entered their mind and the corresponding actions. And it's had such a huge impact on the world that now 80 years later, uh, it's created more millionaires than any other resource in history and continues to sell so well. Like More than 80 million copies have been sold in the last 35 or 40 years. So it continues to have an amazing legacy and is completely impacted the lives of people like Oprah Winfrey and a whole heap of amazing people like Jim Carrey. There are so many people and we make reference to a lot of them in this uh, in this book. And it's funny because I discovered this book at the same time as I discovered Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Okay. Did you? So here I am reading about how your thoughts and your emotions and affirmations can help you heal your body. And then somehow I got directed to pick up a copy of Napoleon Hill's book. Obviously, this is way before the legacy film and books came out, but it was changing my mindset around how much power we had to control our own reality. And I also believe in letting go of of control and letting things be. But I also believe that we do have a certain amount of control that we can create what it is that we want to see in the world with our bodies, with our minds, with our spirits, and financially. And that, I think, was the biggest learnings from those two books happening to me at the same time. It was almost overwhelming. But how do you guys break it down into a system that people can actually understand and apply to their life today? It's a good question. And the book itself, each chapter, each of the 13 chapters provides a very brief overview of each principle. So as an example, the very first one would be desire. It talks about that principle of desire in a modern day context. And in these chapter overviews, we reference everyone from Sarah Blakely, the youngest self-made billionaire of all time to... Spanx. Spanx, yeah. She's got a great story. Insane story. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. We've got people like Oprah Winfrey and Tom Brady and the US Navy SEALs. All these amazing high performers are referenced. But then it goes into detail. Each chapter ends with two stories of people who were able to 
really use Napoleon Hill's achievement philosophy to achieve the success they desired. And in some of these cases, the very first story is Janine Shepherd, a woman who was a, a national ski champion of Australia. She was a cross-country skier, once recorded the highest VO2 max of any athlete in Australian history. What is and, that? What's VO2 max? Uh, like aerobic capacity. Oh, okay. And she was on a training ride just a few months out from the Calgary Winter Olympics. She was on a, a bicycle ride on the fourth, of a, fourth hour of a fifth hour training ride in the Blue Mountains outside Sydney, and she was hit by a truck and airlifted to hospital where her parents were told that she wouldn't live. And 10 days later, she woke up out of a coma. And her story about her, I don't know, a lot, a lot of times in life we think we've hit rock bottom. It might be a, you've lost a job or, a, or something has happened in your life, maybe a relationship breakdown, whatever it might be. But it's, it's very rare that it's an immense physical trauma where you've hit rock bottom physically. And the way that she was able to get back on track and she got very clear on what she wanted. She was at home in an all-body plaster cast because she's a partial paraplegic. She was told that she would never be able to walk again. And she looked up at the sky and she saw a plane fly overhead and she said, if I can't walk, I'll fly. And that is the power of your thoughts and making that decision to take action and having the faith and the belief because as we grow up with these you know, we, you look at babies and children who I find so fascinating because I feel like they're society's best teachers. They provide instant feedback. They have the most amazing sales pitches. I find it ve- <laughs> They do. I find it ve- I never thought about it that way, but they they're really do. Brilliant. They're brilliant. They're little manipulators. They oh. get what they want. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what a hot cross bun is? Do you have them in America? Hot cross bun from the bakery? I, yeah, I do. Well, we consider them like, I would think of British. It sounds familiar. Yeah, like a fruit bun with a little white Icing. A little bread roll, yeah, with a bit of white icing shaped like a cross. And uh, they're very big in Australia. They come out around Easter. And I picked up my little niece, Charlotte, from um, from kindergarten. And I was taking her home. And I said, well, why don't we stop and I'll get you a hot cross bun, thinking Uncle James, the, the best uncle in the world. And she points up to a news store that was there, a news agent, we call them back home. And she pointed to a pink water bottle. And she said, you're going to buy me that water bottle. <laughs> Oh, my God. And guess what I did? I walked in and I bought the water bottle. And while we were in the store, she goes... These are not the droids you were looking for. That she totally... That's right. Mind-melted you. She grabbed these stickers, a water bottle, and we went into the supermarket because she wanted a, you know, a certain sandwich for lunch the next day at school. And, and we bought half a dozen hot cross buns and cost me about 30 bucks at the end of all this. But um, it was an amazing lesson around beliefs and because as we're as we're young you see these children they test the boundaries of everything they don't really have any fear and then they start to get conditioned by their parents often for good reason don't get me wrong (laughs) and then they enter school and then you start to get reprimanded by your teachers and then you enter the workforce where of course you start to get reprimanded by your bosses and you're worried about what your work colleagues might think and you grow up with these limiting beliefs and then you wake up one day and you think to yourself how did I get here but all you're doing is focusing on what's happened in the past as well. So beliefs are so important and thinking about what's possible because if, if you think that something is impossible, you would never you would never try it. Like if you said to me, hey, I'm thinking about starting my own podcast show and I said to you that's impossible and you believed it, you just would never start your own podcast Absolutely. show. But if there was a chance or you believe that it was possible and better yet that it was going to be a huge success, you would start it. So... A lot of that is just overcoming the limiting beliefs. That's what Think and Grow Rich is so good at. It enables people and it empowers them 
to think bigger than their circumstances and really provides them very much a linear blueprint of how people, regardless of what situation they're in, can achieve success because at the end of the day, it's our beliefs that determine our actions. So I have to interject and add how I first heard of Napoleon Hill, and that was through Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, this was a long time ago, but I'd been turned on to listening to some of their stuff, and I bought some of their CDs. CDs, not tapes. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember Jerry Hicks talking about how they started and their story, and he had been turned on to Napoleon Hill's book. And so after listening to them for... Um, a period of time, he kept like I kept hearing that. I was like, "That's an interesting name. I gotta get that book." And I got the book, and I don't think I've ever finished it. Like I've picked it up a bunch of times, and I think that's because it brought up my resistance to that. Because while I know that's true, and everything you just said is true, and they even talk about it, how we get socialized, and then we start to believe, "Well, I can only do so much, or this is only possible for me in my lot in life." Then we make that our reality, where we impose our own limits. But reading that book kind of would break that through, and I, I think I would put it down and be like, I have to think about that. And it would keep me stuck. But that is how I first heard of, of the book. Very interesting. And there's actually, a, from all the people who I interviewed for this project, a very common theme came out. And that was any book in the self-help field, it doesn't matter what it is, you can only bring to it your life experiences to that point. So if you're reading a book at 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years old, that's why so many of these people read Think and Grow Rich over and over again. It's not like a novel that they yeah. read once and put on the bookshelf. Because they reinterpret it differently depending upon where they're at in their lives. Absolutely. And the experiences they've had. Bob Proctor's read it every day for 58 years. Sharon, every day? Every day. He carries it around with him in this very special case. It's an incredible story. I wonder story. if he can recite it by wow. now. I'm sure, I'm sure he could. And is he a billionaire? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen his financials. <laughs> like the president, he hasn't released his accounting uh, statements. But, um, uh, yeah, he's doing very very well, well he can be president then yeah that's right <laughs> he's uh he's an amazing inspiration and obviously was the face of the secret when that came out and yes. is, is very instrumental in think and grow rich the legacy and his business partner sandy gallagher uh they created the company proctor gallagher and sandy is the ceo of that company when she heard bob speak and he basically the whole presentation was around helping people figure out what do you want what do you really want are you living someone else's version of your life or are you living your own life? And even Rob Deerdeck reads it every every couple of years. So it's, yeah. How that, many times have you read it? Oh, pretty much every day for about the last two and a half years, just nonstop. But it's something that I really love as well is listening to the Napoleon Hill lectures. They're actually on Spotify. Yeah. So if you've got a Spotify account, uh, there's even the Napoleon Hill greatest speeches that you can go online and buy. But just listening to his voice. A lot of other people have told me that they prefer the voice of Earl Nightingale, who was the, very much known as the voice of radio back in the day in a, in a generation past. But I've, there's a certain charm about the original Napoleon Hill voice. I find it fascinating. I absolutely love it, uh, those lectures. So I can't wait to hear what it looks like, what it sounds like. Like I'm, a, I'm picturing like a 19, you said 1930s, right? That was when, in 1937 is when the book came out. I think the lectures were from a little bit after that. But okay, um, I'm picturing like almost like a cartoon, like, listen here, see? Yeah, right, I know. I'm going to tell you how to grow rich, see? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. It's, um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great thing to do as well because it's just the, the book has been updated. There are many versions of the book. It's 1937. So although the principles remain exactly the same, it still was written in a different era. So I, I don't know, I find listening to the, the lessons and, and I guess you take yourself back, you, you're transported back to an era 
that's gone and it's just yeah it's a certain well you, we were talking about this a little bit earlier but listening is a different way of taking in information and it kind of are you an hits... auditory listener yeah well but not only that Learner. but it hits our subconscious so like we were talking about hypnosis i've done hypnosis you can listen to that and you, you, you can zone out like when you're driving, yeah. like you can zone out when you're driving and it goes into your subconscious faster in a different way and you yeah. absorb it differently than maybe just reading it. Yeah, definitely. All right. To hear the full interview with James, go back to episode 205 of Food Heals. Next up, I'm talking with JJ Flazanes about how she manifested her dream home and the steps that we can do to manifest our own. I was in home in LA with my ex-husband and then Doug had moved in after we had uh, got divorced or broke up or whatever. And, uh, and I love that house. Just like you talked about your house in LA. Like I would never have left that house. I did. I didn't own it. I was renting it, but right. I was there 10 years and I loved it. I was so rooted in that house. And then I totally understand. Yep. So rooted. And then the owners decided to sell it, gave me 60 days to find a place and move out after being there for 10 years. Ah, uh, stressful. Okay. So again, this is a big contrast, which you may think, well, that sounds like that sucks. Well, it did. I cried my eyes out thinking, is this my, my marriage? Is it my divorce? And then after I moved like, uh, uh-uh, this was a house. Like I was literally so attached to the house, uh, that that was what I was mourning. I mean, I cried. Oh, I cried so much. It was so traumatizing, but like but the story goes back to there. Like that had to happen to get me here. I would never have left that house. I right. love that house. But that had like, I had to be literally kicked out of my house in order for me to get to a place where now I own my home. I own my dream home. I have everything that I want. I've equity in my house. I have a half an acre backyard. I have a pool and a hot tub and a, I have every, I live where I want to live. I have everything I want, but I couldn't have got here without kicking and screaming. So just keep that in mind that, you know, that the things that seem like they're a problem now are literally leading you to where you want to be. I have so many chills because our stories are so similar because my house was the house I lived in with my ex, but I still wanted to live there. I loved that house. I changed the energy. I did everything. And if it weren't for the pandemic, I never would have left. Yep. Yeah, but the the practice that we did when we got out of that house because we we had an outdoor, I had a pool at that house also, but a much smaller property. And uh, once we left, because we could go for walks outside, he rode his would ride his bike. Sometimes I'd sit outside. Well, when we moved, I moved a mile down the street because of my cat sitter was who was my neighbor at the time, and it was a big enough place for us, but we didn't love it. It was a condo. And we didn't love it. And then we ended up hating it. <laughs> but And we didn't have an outside access. We had a pool and a hot tub there, but it was gross. And I didn't want to use it. And we'd go walking a lot, but we couldn't sit outside. Like we were really inside a lot. And so we'd get up in the morning and we would make our coffee and we'd do a practice. And the practice was this. And this is based off of a practice that I did on Spirit, Purpose, and Energy, Episode 111, Abundance and Intuition with Mae McCarthy. Okay. So the practice is that you we would read something. We'd read some book um, and it was just like an inspiring book. And it was her books at first. And I moved on to other books and you'd read for five minutes, 10 minutes. Okay. Then you would uh, write what you wanted to manifest or what you wanted to come to fruition. And literally most of the time, Doug and I would write about our house. And then okay. you're supposed to either speak it or share it. And then we added meditation to the end of that. So that nice. was it. So we'd get our coffee, we'd read and drink our coffee out loud and then we'd each write in our journals and we'd write for however long we wrote, probably like a page. And then we'd each take turns reading it to each other. And then we'd meditate for five minutes. And then we'd go out and exercise for an hour. And that was our routine every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
And and we would literally sit there talking about how we could feel ourselves in our ba- on our back porch having our cup of coffee and we could see it and we could feel it and we would we'd close our eyes during that meditation and we'd visualize ourselves on that back porch looking at our yard. Like if you were to see my house, his daughter when she was here last time she said your house is deceptively bigger than it. Like you have way more space than it looks like on the front. Cause in the front yard, there's like next to nothing. And it looks like this sort of little house and you come in the backyard and boom, there's a half an acre of like openness and, and like very livable outdoor area. And, uh, and that's exactly what we visualized. And so we would feel it in order to attract it. And then of course, then when we started looking, there's all that. And you'll hear all that on the show if you listen to the episode. But we did that practice. And so again, having some kind of visualization routine, you're right. Like we did all the senses. We wrote it, we spoke it, we thought it, we felt it, we shared, you know, all the things until we felt it, you know, until it came true. And, and it's, but you have to be dedicated like exercise. You have to be committed to doing it and you have to be committed to feeling the good feelings, even though you don't have it yet. And that's, again, going back to law of attraction practices, that's it. That's that's the name of the game. You have to be willing to feel it even when you don't have it. I uh, totally agree. I love this story. I'm going to go listen to the episode. And then I have one last question on this topic. How specific did you get about location? Because you're in Ojai. You were in, you were in uh, what city were you in? El Segundo. El Segundo to Ojai. And I'm in Nashville and I'm still deciding if I want to stay in this city. So when you were manifesting, were you saying I want to be in Ojai or were you saying I want to be in a beautiful place with acres regardless of where it is and I'll figure that out on the way? No, I said I want to be in Ojai. This has always been the goal. So for you, I would not focus on the place since you don't know. But when you focus on what it is that you want to have, like the elements, like I knew I wanted space and that was a huge part of I mean, we saw places that had lots of like 10,000 square feet or like, I wouldn't even look at a house that was less than 10,000 square feet in the, in the yard. Yeah. I wouldn't focus on the specificity of where it is just about the actual property that you want. And then your challenge and opportunity is going to be for you to allow in the impulse and then follow it and notice the synchronicities or the, and not even recommend listening to episode 111 on spirit purpose and energy with Mae McCarthy, abundance and intuition, because she would very specifically ask for signs. She would ask the universe for signs. And then even if she didn't trust it, she'd ask for another sign. <laughs> like if she'd get signs <laughs> and she'd verify the signns. This is so me. I'll be like, show me an owl. And then I'll see an owl. I'll be like, oh, not that one. Ugh. Give me another <laughs> one. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, because then what's going to happen is you'll, things will, like you'll get a message, you'll get it, you'll get a sign somewhere and you'll want to follow that impulse. I mean, really that's the only, we're reading um, the Daily Stoic. I'm sure lots of people probably know it. It's, I've seen lots of people post about it in the last year and Michael Neely was here for New Year's and he, he had the books with him and I was like, okay, cool. Like a page a day, I'll do that. And I, so I downloaded on Kindle for $1.99. Thank God. Uh, so the first day was great. January 1st was great. January 2nd, 3rd, 4th. And then today I'm like, eh, this is not the energy that I want. This energy feels like today's reading was about like being really planned and being really strategic about the end in mind and how else will you know? I'm like, you'll know because it comes to you because you attract it. I was like, <laughs> we, need be, we need to be doing a lot of attraction stuff. So I'm like, we're not doing this book anymore. We're going to do the daily cards from Abraham because that feels better because that literally is life. Like you have an idea, you'll get an impulse and the deal is you got to trust it and follow it. Even if it leads you somewhere you don't want, it clarifies, oh, not that path right? Like, Oh, not that way. All right, cool. Now I know. So uh, your, your opportunity is going to be really to click into your intuition 
when you are clear and it doesn't have to be like we weren't I didn't say I wanted a half an acre I did want to pull on a hot tub um, but I was negotiable I was like okay well if I have the land to do it I don't have to have it already installed I can just put it in uh, and you know I didn't the rest of the house I mean besides hardwood floors which okay whatever like I mean I didn't have it has to be this many rooms it has to be this many square feet like I didn't have all that I had the feeling of having a backyard in a pool and a hot tub. I had the feeling of the cats being outside and being able to run around. I had the feeling of light in the space and quiet and calmness. I had the feeling of all the things that Ojai is and then what I was going to be able to live while I was here and when I'm here. So I think I'm excited for you to like have this, to start a practice like this and then to start getting the impulses. Cause when you listen to my show, this was not the first house we saw, right? So nobody else saw this house. This house was never even on the market. Wow. Totally <laughs> manifested it. And I have to tell you, like when we got back from, I guess, creating the deal verbally, Doug was like, Doug like cried. He's like, this is amazing. He's like, you are amazing. This shit works. If I didn't think it worked before, I mean, he and I are a product of this working, but he's like, if I didn't believe it before, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I was like, yep, this shit works. So this shit works. So every time that you're telling yourself, oh, it doesn't work. It's like, just get up and try again, girl. Like, just get up and try again. Put some Abraham on. Because I'll, I'll find myself a victim of it. I'm like, oh, I manifested so hard yesterday and today sucks. And I'm like, just put on Abraham. Go do it again. Go do it again. Go get into that feeling. Go remember how it feels. Go remember how joy feels. Yeah. And sometimes it's not a, and sometimes it's not a, like forcing something. Like if you feel like, okay, today I feel like I want to cry and feeling happy doesn't feel like, you know, authentic, then cry, like release the block, (laughs) release the block. Because I'll tell you, um, one little quick, more quick story about, and this will, for anybody that has a business, I'll talk about deep wounds. Like the more, the better you get at this, the faster life changes, but it doesn't mean you're like, doesn't, you don't have things to work on. Okay. Uh, I had an emotional reaction, a negative emotional reaction to something to like certain clients and groups that I was dealing with at the end. And I was attached in a way that felt like not good. And I thought, why am I so attached? And it happened the year before. And I kind of figured out what that was. It was remnants from not forgiving myself or not saving my marriage. And so I dealt with that. I'm like, okay, I know that's kind of gone. So then the next level was like, why am I doing it again? It feels different. It's not quite as desperate. It feels a little bit more angry. So what's my deal now? And I realized I had to take a hard look at, um, like I was trying to, you can't, when you have a blocked emotion, you can't overcompensate for that. Like you have to like let the tire out, like let the gas out, right. In order for there to be space, for whatever information you need. And I sat with this feeling for a long time and I have a coach and I, I, but I didn't want to use this, this with my coach because I thought I've already done this with this coach. And I, you know, I, I figured it out before and I can figure it out again. I, I, if I wait long enough, like the clarity comes to me, well, it wasn't coming. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I said, forget it. I'm going to sign up for a session with my coach. And I did. And the minute I signed up for a session with a coach, somebody, a friend of mine had texted me something and, and noticed I was off and I and said, did I want to talk? And I said, well, I just want to vent. Are you okay with that? And I was trying to work it out with Doug. And so the minute I started to vent, I started to cry. And I had been trying to cry with Doug, but I was too in my brain. I was too in my head. Yeah. It wasn't in my body. Yeah. But when I talked to a woman about it and it wasn't that he, you know, you can talk to a man about it, but it was like with him, it just wasn't, I wasn't getting there. And there are times where I can, but for this particular situation, I wasn't. So I talked to this friend and I started to cry and I let it out. And after I let it out, I booked this appointment with my coach. I went and had a massage. And while I was having a massage, the clarity came to me and I got it 
hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh my God, I know what this is about. But I got that clarity only after I released the emotion that was blocking me from the clarity. So please know that that's why this like idea of emotional constipation is that we have to release the things that that are holding your energy for you to have the clarity. So don't deny the emotions if they're negative. Clear them, have an outlet for them, figure them out, let them go, process them. And most people suck at processing emotions. I released it and then I got the clarity. So just to keep that in mind, it's not, that's what people think about law of attraction. They judge it. They're like, oh, I'm just supposed to always be happy. And if I'm not always happy, then I'm not doing it right. It's like, no, that's not realistic. But you can, it's an ebb and flow. It's like air in and out. Emotion should come in and out. We should be able to feel it, release it and let it go. Or if we're holding it for a little while, have an explosion, cry, scream, whatever you need to do. If you're not crying or screaming every quarter, you're emotionally constipated. I would say every month, but sure. <laughs> well, there are some earth signs who don't necessarily, you know, they're pretty, they 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 can hold their containers bigger. <laughs> like they can hold it a little bit longer. I, I just have a lot of trauma. Maybe that's it. I'm like, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> um, to your last point, the last thing I want to say about that is it's like one thing that I do is I keep an evidence journal. And what that's for is to remind myself when this stuff works. When I see the owl, I ask for. When I see a random check or affiliate commission, when I ask for money to come to me from unexpected sources, and then it does, right? Because you forget the things that you have created, that you have manifested, or when the clarity comes because you let yourself cry, right? Whatever it is. And so the evidence journal is a reminder, right? Instead of reminding yourself, well, nothing works. I'm the victim and everything is happening bad. It's the opposite. It's you record everything when it happens. Like when Doug said, I don't know what I thought before, but this stuff works. That's what he would put in the evidence journal. Like we manifested the house. Here's how we did it. So we'll never, ever forget. And then you can use that journal as a reminder, like, oh my God, look at all the times that I manifested greatness. Look at all the times that I experienced joy. Look at all the times where I let myself like feel that feeling. And I felt better afterwards and was able to create something that I didn't know I could create. Or to your other point, when, when there is the, the detour, when there is the something bad happens that points you in a new direction that you couldn't have seen or you couldn't have got there without that supposedly bad thing happening, you're like, okay, remember, all these obstacles are just detours in the right direction. So instead of stressing out about them, I'm going to go, all right, this is more information for me to find out what the next step is. And it's going to be better than I ever could have expected. I love it. That's great. All right. To hear the full episode with JJ, go back to episode 355 of Food Heals. Are you a vegan or a vegetarian experiencing low energy levels? Trust me, I've been there too. And there's a reason for it. That's what I learned from having Angelo Keeley on the podcast in December. Go back and listen if you haven't already. Angelo shed light on a crucial factor that many of us are overlooking, and that is the importance of amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Over half of our body's solid mass is amino acids. Acids form the proteins that make up our muscles, our organs, our hormones, our hair, our skin, our nails. So to maintain healthy cellular function, our bodies are constantly breaking down these proteins and rebuilding them. When the proteins are broken down, some amino acids can be reused to build new proteins while others are unusable and they're discarded. So to compensate for those discarded amino acids, our body breaks down muscle 
No, to supply other organs with amino acids to rebuild their protein. So we want to avoid this muscle breakdown, right? We want to give the organs what they need directly. And that is why we must consume essential amino acids. Our body can make non-essential aminos, but essential amino acids called EAAs must be obtained from our diets or from supplements. And so as vegans, as vegetarians, we're not getting as many aminos from our diets. We have to get it from supplements, which is why I love Keon Aminos. And even for those who are getting their protein from food, did you know that high protein foods contain up to 25% EAAs where Kian Amino EAA supplements are 100% essential amino acids. So what does that tell you? That we can get much more bang for our buck for taking these Kion Aminos. And these supplements don't even require digestion. They are absorbed almost immediately. So they're completely bioavailable to your body. So if you are experiencing a slump, if you aren't feeling amazing, you might just be missing these building blocks, these aminos. So by incorporating these Kion Aminos into your daily routine, just like I've been doing for the past two months, you can experience a natural energy boost. You can promote your own muscle growth if you're working out. This is great for exercise recovery. So like I said, I've been doing this for just over two months every day. I feel invigorated. I feel high energy. I feel great because I'm doing my workouts at the same time. And I'm so grateful that Keon is supporting the show and I get to talk about them, but I would support them even if they weren't. It's really a great product. And of course, it's sugar-free, it's 100% vegan, and there are lots of flavors to choose from. Hint, my favorite is mango. So check it out because you can save 20% right now at getkion.com slash foodheals. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash F-O-O-D-H-E-A-L-S. Claim your fundamental fitness supplement, Kion Aminos, and discover its benefits for yourself. Again, it's all over at getkion.com slash Food Heals to save 20% off your order. Next up, I'm talking to Sarah Centrella about how to create the life you want with future boards. Roll it, Roxy. Tell Food Heals Nation a little bit about how a text message actually changed your life. Gosh, this was 2008, so coming up on 11 years now. And back in those days, if we can all try and imagine what life used to be like before people actually text messaged, had Facebook, had social media... Um, I was living a fairly sheltered life, I guess, compared to to what we're living right now. I was married to my high school sweetheart and we had been together since we were 16 years old and we had twins that were a year old and my son was five and I was living a life I thought I wanted. We bought the houses and all of that stuff and we're trying to get through the economic downturn. And one day made dinner and he came home and while he was in the shower, I saw a text message that was on his phone, which part of that was shocking that he even knew how to text because this was back in the day before people did that. (laughs) And it revealed essentially that he had been having an ongoing affair and it just blew my world up instantaneously. It was not something that I had ever suspected before, ever even thought of as a possibility. It just had never crossed my mind. 
And again, back in those days when the only point of reference that we used to have were people that we knew, I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. who'd been through an affair or a divorce or was even a single mom for that matter, you know? So it was Mm -hmm. just such a traumatic kind of across all levels. It was financially traumatic because we had just lost our home in the foreclosure and filed bankruptcy and all this stuff. So this was kind of like the icing on the shit cake. It was just like, it was the absolute bomb explosion. And our marriage and the life I knew ended in five minutes. Like I threw him out of the house. He threw his ring up back at me and that was it. Filed for divorce three days later. So it was like, and just an eruption, you know, going from like sitting down having dinner and an hour later, your whole life is over based on what you knew. So Yeah, it was really traumatic, but I think that was also the catalyst for everything that's happened since, for sure. Of course. I mean, I always talk about this on the Food Heals podcast about how our stories are really teachers for ourselves and then teachers for others. And as we're going through them, it's very hard to say, this is all happening for a reason. Right, right. Fuck this, man, you know? But then what happens is when your life changes and it gets so much better and you can see all the beauty that was there and and why there was a reason that you had to leave that relationship. And sometimes it takes something very traumatic to make us leave. But did you have any idea where you, you said you were living in a bubble? You had no idea that this was going on? I had no idea at all. In fact, it's kind of crazy because this is back when the Oprah show, her regular show was on every day. And I was a big Oprah fan. So the only exposure I ever had to self-help people often asked me, you know, like, what books have you read or whatever? I was like, it was Oprah. That was it. <laughs> so whenever Oprah, Oprah said, yeah. And then whenever she really had self-help people on, I was like, I don't know what you're saying. What's happening? You know, I don't get it. So I was totally <laughs> one of those people. Um, and the day that I found out, I had been watching her show and the topic of the show was like, it was basically infidelity, like how to find out if your partner is cheating. And I distinctly remember sitting there folding laundry. Again, I was a stay-at-home mom, had two babies. So it was like that never-ending chores that you're doing all day long. And so I was sitting there folding laundry and I was I remember being like, oh, damn it. This show's going to suck. I don't need the show. You know, like I was so looking forward to it coming on and I'm like, ah, eh, topics, whatever. So I muted it. So I was like, eh, don't need that. And as I was like going through the house and going through my emotions, I remember like looking up and it was, they were putting the list on the screen anyway, you know, like their top 10 reasons or whatever. And I glanced. They know what they're doing for those people, those housewives that (laughs) put it on you. (laughs) And I glanced up and the tip they were giving was like, if you can't find their phone or if they turn their phone over or if they're hiding their phone, that's a pretty good sign. And it just Mm. went in one and out the other, right? It was just one of those things that just kind of flashed through. And it was the universe telling me, pay attention, right? Like wake up, something is happening. And so I think that was how I knew to look for his phone in the first place at all. It was like second he had got in the shower, it was all of a sudden that flashback through my mind, almost like a reader board. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Where is it? I haven't seen it in a while. And the second I had that thought, like the absolute second, I knew everything. It was like, I knew why it was hidden. Before you even saw the phone. And instantly. Instantly. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, like, I think the universe is trying to send signals. And looking back, there was like a couple of things, but again, things I would have never known until after the fact, nothing obvious at all. And so that was part of the shock of it all. <laughs> it's like, 
wow, how could someone be that good at living a double life, you know? It is shocking. And I can't even imagine because I'm so trusting that this is something that could happen to me because I believe in people so hard until they prove me wrong. And so I understand, like I haven't been through this, but I understand the trust and the love. Yep. Yeah. And the being completely taken aback. It really shakes you to the core for sure. You find out what you're made of. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So essentially... You see the text message, you are getting a divorce, you are losing everything, you're essentially hitting your rock bottom. What did you do to climb out of that? Yeah, and like I said, it was kind of a combination of everything. So it wasn't even just that piece, it was just every piece of my life that had completely just imploded, which of course made it all much harder. I knew I had to do basic things like move and get a job and all of that kind of stuff. And so as I started kind of that process, the immediate aftermath process, I also at the same time began to realize that I had an opportunity to create something new, right? I I realized like I can't recreate that life that I had. So if I have to create a new life, what do I want now? Because I just had never thought about it. It never even been something that had ever crossed my mind before. So in a way, it gave me so much freedom to just be able to invent who I wanted to be in the next phase of my life. And that is really the person I am today and the life I'm living today. Yeah, which is such a far cry from where you were. So tell us a little bit about where you are now and how you got there with your future boards. In the beginning, when I got my job and started building my life back up, I and answering that question, like, what do I want? I began to find pictures that kind of matched what I was already kind of daydreaming about or fantasizing about, and then took them and plastered them all over my walls when I first got a job. And so they were really what got me through those tough days in that first really tough year, because I just allowed myself to fantasize living the moments that the pictures showed. I was like, if it's a picture of, you know, a hammock in white, I'm on that hammock. <laughs> I know what it feels like. I'm drinking a, you know, my pina colada, like the sun is going down, like all of it. You know, I was living like these alternate little universes. And truly it was the thing that completely saved me because I know now and teach now that if you shift your focus from what you're going through in the moment or today or have gone through in the past and change all that, put all that focus on what you want to create, that's how you create it. And I had no idea then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just did it because it made me feel good. (laughs) It felt like kind of a respite. And so lo and behold, I began manifesting kind of all of it. And I think that first board that I put uh, together in 2009, I've manifested like 95% of it. And about half of it or a little more than half of it came to life within about 18 months. And then it's continued ever since. And I remember from when you were speaking on stage that you didn't know what a vision board or any of those manifestation tools were. You were just doing this organically, right? right? Yeah. And I think that by accident, I kind of stumbled upon why this works so well and what has become future boards, which is what I teach now, because I did it in a way that is kind of almost upside down to what where everyone else is doing it. So it's very much not a vision board in the traditional sense that everyone knows a vision board. It is defining what you want in your mind first, like answering the question, like, what do I want my life to be? What does success look like to me? What does wealth look like to me? All of that. 
getting really clear on that and then finding pictures that match it so that there isn't a disconnect between the picture you're looking at on the wall and what you are truly driven by and what you truly want, what makes you excited to think about. And that is in a nutshell, some crazy magic. That is what I teach now in future boards and it gets manifesting to happen so accurately. It's pretty freaking spooky to be honest. Like I say that I have a a superpower, which is the ability to predict my future. I've been doing it for 10 years to a freaky detail. (laughs) You know, it's almost, almost a little creepy, but it's crazy how much it works when you first kind of know what you want. And then that visual is just kind of like icing on the cake. It's just the thing that reminds you of, oh yeah, that day is going to be so great. I can't wait to live that day. What are my kids going to be doing on that beach? And you just kind of go there. And that's what begins the process of manifesting. Big piece of it anyway. Well, I love this because I've always been a huge fan of writing it down to make it happen. And then our mutual friend, Adam Shively, taught me about his you know five-year plan where he stated it out loud and declared it to the universe every morning and every night. And then you're doing it with this visual future boarding. So I think that all three are very powerful, but tell me about the process and the power behind the future boarding. Like, what does it look like? Well, it's so interesting that you say that, first of all, real quick, because my first book, which is called Hustle, Believe, Receive, it's the eight-step plan to changing your life and living your dreams. That one came out in 2016 and was just re-released this week in paperback. It's out in paperback right now. Congrats. Thank you. You just hit on three of the steps of the eight steps. So <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like speaking it is so important. It's step number three in the book. It's like you absolutely have to, you have to hear yourself speak these words. You know what I mean? Like you have to hear your mm-hmm. own voice say things like, I will be or I am this person. When you first state something like that, it couldn't be farther from the truth, right? Because you're declaring right, something right. that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but the magic of it is how that ties into writing it down. So go from like speaking it out loud and and writing down a plan and writing down the story of the life that you want and then seeing it, which is really what the visuals are. The board component doesn't come in until step five of the eight steps. So there's a lot of work to do beforehand. You got to check your thoughts beforehand. You know, there's all these different kind of pieces. And those were all the things that I did to change my life. So when I went and sat down to write the book, I was like, okay, what did I do? You know, what was the first thing that I did? How did I follow through after that? And on and on. And so it's, it's kind of the recipe book for how you can live or manifest any dream and or change your life. And your brand new book comes out today. Today. Oh my God. Pub day, pub day, pub day. (laughs) Biggest day um, for any author is pub day, which is publication day. And it's a day that has been scarred Mm -hmm. into my mind for the last six months as I've been, you know, hustling and all of that stuff waiting for this day. So very, very excited and so excited because it actually got picked up by Target stores nationwide, which is just beyond anything that I had even put on my board yet. So yes, it's very exciting. So tell me about some of the most magical things you've manifested. It sounds like, I mean, you've manifested two books. Now you've manifested this target thing that you didn't even plan on. So what happens when we start manifesting? Like talk about how you can manifest even beyond your wildest dreams. So like, oh, I got this, this, and this that I wanted. And then, oh my God, surprise, the universe had this for me. Like, how do we get to that point? Oh my gosh. There's been so many. For anybody who's interested, I've been kind of logging this process since I very first started back in 2009 on my blog, Thought Stories Life. 
And I would be putting out these dreams that just seemed so ludicrous. I remember on my first board, I had New York City on there. I had Vegas, Disneyland for the kids, Paris, Venice, had like all these Hawaii places I wanted to go and experiences I wanted to live out. And then I had the things that represented kind of what success meant to me or wealth. And at that point, I was in the corporate world. So I wanted to kind of like move up that channel. And so I had the car and, you know, all that stuff. And it was, like I said, about 18 months after he left to where a lot of that started coming to life. Hawaii took my son to a a Ravens game and he had his ultimate dream come true, which was something that was above and beyond, like you just mentioned, when he got to meet Michael Orr on the field before the game. (laughs) So there's been so many. I mean, I've flown on a private jet. I took my kids for three weeks to Italy and we walked across the very bridge that was on my very first board in Venice. And I have a picture of my kids on that bridge. And so, yeah, it's, it has been so life-changing in so many ways. And now it's what I do full-time for the last two and a half years, writing, coaching, and speaking, which is something I couldn't have even conceived of back in the day when I started. And so tell me about, like, for example, manifesting the bridge. You found the bridge in a magazine and you posted it up somewhere, like, or you think about it every day. Like, tell me, like, what that looks like. Yeah. So when I went and found all the pictures initially and ever since, I've always looked for the specific picture that was already in Mm. my head. So back in the day, kind of the only place you could do that online was Google Images. So in my mind, I knew I wanted to ride a gondola down the Grand Canal in Venice. And so, you know, love that. I just got back from Italy. So I'm like all about this. (laughs) So amazing. And so I'm searching that up and and I have a really clear vision of what that's going to feel like and how excited I'm going to be and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it went up being a picture of the bridge of size in Venice. And then in 2016, when I took my kids, we landed in Venice. That was the start of our trip. And I'll never forget the first morning when we're out walking around, we actually walked past the bridge. We walked over the bridge, across it. Mm -hmm. And we all just kind of like stopped and looked at each other. We're like, this looks really familiar. Like, why does this look so familiar? (laughs) I didn't even realize it. And we all stopped and everyone took their picture and all that stuff. I didn't even realize that it was the exact same picture that had been on my board for at that point, like eight years. Wow. And I've been looking at it like every day for eight years. So manifesting is, that's the part that is like almost spooky crazy because anyone who's been to Venice knows you can wander those streets and you never know where you're going to end up. And so to randomly walk across that bridge and be like, wait, this is, you know, so that's how it has happened for the last 10 years. It's like a lot of times it will happen exactly the way that I had thought. And then many times I'll have to, you know, I'll go back to old boards and be like, oh my God, I didn't even realize. Because in the moment, it just feels so natural. It feels like, yes, of course, <laughs> you know, especially yeah. something that you've been thinking about for such a long time. It's been in your space. It's been in your mind. It's, it almost feels like deja vu. You're like, this feels so familiar to me. And then you'll go back and be like, wow, no, it started with a thought like six years ago or whatever, which is crazy. So I know people who have done this and I feel like, oh, this is a little bit too much, but they have taken themselves, this is a lot of work, by the way, taken themselves, photoshopped themselves into the bridge or wherever it is that they want to be into the relationship, into the Taj Mahal, whatever it is. But do you have to do that? Or can you just have the picture of what you want? Okay, tell me about that. People often will ask me that too. I think the most important thing is, and now I teach everybody to find their pictures on Pinterest. So we don't do any magazines, nothing like that, because I don't want you to find just random stuff that 
isn't something you've already identified that you wanted. The whole Mm. concept behind future boards is custom creating your future life. So you're literally Mm -hmm. sitting down the same way that you would, you know, if you're going to college, you're figuring out how you get your degree, right? It's like everything else we do in life, we just forget to do it about life. So we do it (laughs) on our fitness plan. We do it on how to eat. We sit down and plan it out, right? And that's really what a future board is. It's like, this is what I want in career. This is what I want in wealth and in my body and in my friendships and all that kind of stuff. And so that is another kind of piece of it that makes it so different, but when you're looking for those pictures that are kind of matching what's in your mind, I tell people to go on Pinterest to find them. And I do want them to search for like a woman doing XYZ or a man doing XYZ or a family. So you do want people for the most part in those pictures, but they definitely don't have to be you because your brain is already trained. Your brain already knows because you've created the movie already in your head. Okay. Should it be someone that looks a little bit like you, like just so that your brain isn't like, well, that person looks nothing like me. So therefore this will never happen. Or like, does that matter? No, I think what matters the most is that it's an experience you actually want to live out. So for instance, if you want to go to Paris, let's say, and in your, I was going to ask you about how you manifest in Paris. <laughs> oh, Paris is amazing. <laughs> I just went for Christmas. This was my first time. It was amazing. So in my mind, Paris meant sitting outside at a cafe having either a glass of wine or champagne and like a croissant or something. Right. So I had like this whole like table set up even in my mind, right. It was a total moment. (laughs) And then as I'm having like this great meal with this great beverage, I'm just casually gazing up and voila, there's the Eiffel tower. Right. So that's a really specific kind of moment. It was a moment that was already in my head. It was a moment that made me excited to think about, In that moment, I knew I'd probably have my notebook, I'd be writing, I'd have my camera, I'd be taking pictures, I would be living, you know what I mean? Just Mm. living. And I would be looking up every so often seeing the Eiffel Tower and just being like, how is this my life right now? Like, oh my God. (laughs) So then if I had been flipping through a magazine and found a picture of a random Eiffel Tower somewhere, it does not conjure up all of that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's what is most important. So it doesn't matter who this woman is in a picture that shows a cafe and the Eiffel Tower in a distance. That part is not important because my brain knows what it's going to feel like, what it's going to look like, how my skin is going to be like on fire because it's one of those moments where you're just like, I feel so alive, right? So my brain knows that because I've already gone there first. And so then the crazy thing is like this last Christmas did actually go to Paris and on Christmas Eve, the very first thing I did was go to a cafe, have dinner, have a glass of wine. <laughs> and the whole time was looking up at the Eiffel Tower. It's pretty amazing. And you have a blog post about this at sarahcentrella.com if anyone wants to read more into this, because that was one of my questions, because I thought it was just a really beautiful example of a manifestation that any of us can do. Take me through the process. Like, okay, How much time a day do I need to dedicate to this? Do I need to spend hours a day staring at my vision boards? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. But you do have to have it someplace that's in your space that you will, that it will just be around you at some point of the day. So like back when I had a corporate job in an office, I always had at least 
one board. I now have several, but I would have kind of my core board right behind my laptop at my office because I spent most of my time there. And because here's the thing, we tend to space off a whole lot during the day, right? And so while yeah. I'd be on the phone, I'd be spacing off, I'd be, my mind would already be like creating a moment because I glanced at the picture. So that is super effective. If anyone has an office space and they're in one, that's a great place to put it. Right now, I have an entire wall in my bedroom. <laughs> so if you watch any of my videos or anything on Instagram or Facebook, most of the time I'm filming in front of my future board wall. So in the center is my core board, the board I've had since day one. It's falling apart, but it's kind of the core board mm-hmm. I teach everyone to build. And then beyond that, I've kind of built one that's career specific, one that's travel you know, specific, stuff like that. So it's in my space. I would say that how often do I actually look at it? to be honest, really only when I'm having a really bad day. (laughs) So, you know, on the day when every door has been slammed in your face, when no one's responding, when, you know, the haters are in force or when something you've been working your ass off falls through those days when I just want to be like, why the fuck am I putting myself through this? Those are the days when I'll look at it because I'll say, this is why Sarah, this is why. Because if you don't give up, this is what's coming. This is what's lined up for you. This is what is in your bank account waiting to happen. Like you're cashing in on this every day in not Mm -hmm. like necessarily a monetary sense, but in a sense of the energy you've already put out. I've already have that created. It's already in process. It's happening. So why would I turn my back on that now? It doesn't make sense. So, but there are those days, you know, and it's, that is probably the one time that I do. I'll sit, go sit, just be like get back in it, you know, just be like, kind of slap myself in the face a little bit. (laughs) But other than that, no, I don't think there's anything like mystical. You don't have to pray to it. You don't have to do anything. Because here's the thing, you've done all the real work before you ever got to put a picture on a board. That's the real work. You've written out what you want. You've identified what you want. You've learned how to train your brain to go there as a happy resting place throughout the day. So it builds all Mm -hmm. the time. You're surrounding yourself with it in various ways all day long. So that is just, it really is kind of the, the final step you took to show the universe. Yeah, I'm I'm in it enough to take this final step, put it on my wall, let people come over and, you know, you feel a little naked the first time you put one up, but Hey, it's part of the process. Absolutely. And there's no shame in having everything you want on your walls. Like I feel like people might be worried about what happens when people come over. We'll do it in your closet if that's your problem, but honestly, put it in your bedroom. I've got little vision boards everywhere. And now I'm thinking of putting some in the podcast studio because like this is where I work and I don't actually have any in here. Yeah, absolutely. And especially ones that are related to what you're building from a business standpoint or career for sure. But here's what I always say too. If you're too embarrassed to put a picture of what you want on your wall, how are you ever going to live it? You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's a good like, point. are you going to be embarrassed the day that you like are flying on the private jet that was once on your wall? No. <laughs> who's going to be laughing now? I hope you not. know, like who's laughing now? <laughs> so I almost feel like that's kind of the final test that the universe kind of puts you through to be like, are you serious? Because if you're serious, I'm out working on it for you, but you're not even serious enough to put it in your home, put it in your space, put it in your aura. Then like, why am I going to bust my back trying to make all this happen? <laughs> you know? And 
Sarah, did you have to go through a period? Because I know a lot of people, this sounds dreamy and anyone can do it, but did you have to go through a period of getting over, well, I'm not good enough for this dream, or I can't have it because there's not enough to go around, or all of those like misbeliefs we tell ourselves? And how did you overcome those? That's a really good point. I go into that a lot more in the new book, Future Boards, because I definitely realized in the last couple of years coaching people and doing workshops, how much those beliefs I call them blockers. So they're Mm -hmm. total blocks to your dream. You put it out into the world, you make your board, you think about it, you do all the proactive stuff you're supposed to be doing. And then the universe brings it to you and we throw up a block. We're like, oh, but I'm not really worried. I'm going to sabotage it in some way, or I'm not going to pay attention, or I'm not going to take that opportunity, even though I know it's the blessing in disguise that I need or whatever, you know? And so, yeah, I've dealt with all of them over time. I think a lack mindset was probably the hardest for me. And it's still one that I daily work to change because I grew up very poor and then have been through such dramatic, you know, financial swings and stuff over my life that I was creating. A lot of that was based on a lack mindset. So whenever I'd be really successful and doing really well, I would start to put those thoughts into the universe and boom, the cycle would start over. And so a lot of that is recognizing that those patterns exist and that we play a big part in them and we're not victims of our own life. We're creating those situations. And then once we do understand it doesn't serve me anymore. So if that's the case, I better start putting out into the universe what I want instead of focusing on all the ways things can go wrong for me. So the more you put out the outcome you want, the more that becomes your belief system and starts overriding those old beliefs. And I just want to overstress that this comes from a person, like you said, like you did not grow up wealthy. And then when you were literally divorcing your husband, you had lost your home to foreclosure. You were losing your money. You had children and you have completely transformed that reality. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I've been through so many days in my life where like there wasn't $5, (laughs) like legit. And the first like couple years was really, really hard. I've was barely making ends meet. I was on food stamps. I was, you know, it was really, really difficult. And I've been through kind of many ups and downs throughout my lifetime. But this kind of what I'm teaching and what I've learned over the last 10 years is the first time in my life where I realized I had power and control over so much of that that I never thought I did before. And so once I started realizing that, then it was a matter of how do I guide it, right? And how do I create what I want and trust my instincts and trust my gut and do hustle. You know, it's a lot of hustle. So all the stuff that I've manifested has not been me sitting home on my ass. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I will just say that. (laughs) There has been none of that. So we have to hustle, believe in order to receive. Absolutely. And then you think about it. Think about anyone you know that's successful. Anyone. It could be an athlete, it could be a business owner, an actor, it doesn't matter. And even people that we don't know, people that we follow. I promise you they work harder than you and not you personally, obviously, but you know, like they work harder than the normal human by like five times. So no Mm -hmm. one gets to where they want to get to or what they're working on by sitting around and just, you know, hoping and praying. Gotcha. All right. To listen to the full episode with Sarah, go back to episode 269 of Food Heals. Food Heals Nation, I'm excited to report that Organifi has launched two new products specifically for your kids. We've got their Easy Greens and their Organifi Protect. 
The Easy Greens is a nourishing and tasteful blend of superfoods and veggies that provides essential nutrients, minerals, probiotics, and digestive enzymes to bring balance to kids' growing bodies without any fillers, additives, or junk. It tastes like a refreshing green apple juice, so kids will never know that there are carrots, spinach, and broccoli in it. Then they've got their Organifi Kids Protect, where you can support your child's daily immune health with food-derived nutrients that work to strengthen their body's first line of defense. This one tastes more like a wild berry punch, kind of like the Kool-Aid that you had as a kid, but of course, without the sugar. This one is great to strengthen your child's natural defense system. It's full of vitamin C and it's specifically formulated for kids. It can be used preventatively and during illness. And so if you're wondering, well, how are these different from the regular green juice and the Organifi Immunity? Well, the Organifi Green Juice and Immunity are not harmful for kids, but they're not intended for kids to use every day. For example, the green juice has a clinical dose of ashwagandha, which is designed to balance cortisol and support with stress. And a young child typically wouldn't need a clinical dose of ashwagandha. So Easy Greens and Protect are specifically formulated with your kids in mind. As always, you can shop the brand new products and all of your typical Organifi favorites over at OrganifiShop.com slash FoodHeals and you'll save 20% off using the coupon code FoodHeals. Again, it's all over at OrganifiShop.com slash Food heals. All right, next up, I'm talking to Josh Trent about how he manifested the one, his true love. And this was years ago that we recorded this. I'm now happy to report that they are happily married and they have two beautiful children. Roll it, Roxy. You manifested this relationship after a powerful experience. Oh my gosh. This, so, <laughs> so if anyone has heard of Paul Check, I was on Paul Check's podcast April 29th, which was my 39th birthday in, in Texas after the, the paleo conference. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. And, Where and, you were a speaker. That's right. I was yeah. I was moderating a panel with like Dave Asprey and, and some other really powerful people that are, I, I believe, doing great work. No one's perfect, but everyone's doing the best they can. There's a lot of great speakers there. And Paul was one of them. Mm-hmm. And Paul had me on his podcast. And what was fascinating about Paul is that I, I really looked to him as a mentor and it's been 10 years to like get there yeah. you know, to really, cause I read his book in 2008. And so there I am on his podcast and he turns to me out of the blue and he just goes, so what are you most excited about right now? And I thought about it and I said, okay, I'm most excited about calling in divine partnership. Like I, I'm, I'm desiring and I'm calling in sacred union. He goes, oh, well, let me help you then. Would you like help? And I said, sure, I would love to get help. Hell yeah. And so he says, great. I'm going to give you Paramahasa Yogananda's soul union prayer. Okay. And Paramahasa Yogananda, for people that haven't heard of him, this was the man who was um, the autobiography of a yogi. He also yep. founded the Self-Realization Fellowship across the world. One of their headquarters is in Encinitas. Mm-hmm. It's on the 101. If you're driving down, it's got these gold temples on it. Koi Pond, just incredible place. And he said, this is what called in my wife to me. And my wife was halfway across the world. And I kept reciting this Paramahasa Yogananda's prayer. And when I said it, it allowed me to see her face one day when he was meditating in between lectures. Amazing. And then one day she came into the hall and it was her. And he said that his whole meridian system just like activated. He could barely walk. He was mumbling. Like it was so powerful. This, this, <laughs> this, di- this divine union. Right. And so he said, are you ready? And I said, yeah. And, and he gave me this prayer and he said, bless me that I choose 
my life's companion, according to the laws of perfect soul union. Bless me that I choose my life's companion, according to the laws of perfect soul union. And then he paused and he said, that's your prayer. That's your practice. If you're ready, so is she, but be patient. Mm. And I could even feel it right now just talking to you about it because it was so powerful. I, I don't know. It was like, it was like he was channeling Paramahasa Yogananda or something. Nine days later in the desert, I went out to go take a breathwork session and a podcast with Anahata Ananda, who's a very powerful breathworker in Sedona. And I meet this girl, Carrie Michelle, on Cathedral Rock in Sedona. And the next thing, I'd been chatting with her on Facebook and we just kind of met out there. I had no expectations. And I meet this woman and I knew right away, I was like, I really, really like this woman a wow. lot. Like this is like a deep soul kind of contract here unfolding. And two weeks later, she came to San Diego. And then two weeks later, I went to Sedona and we were laying by a stream. And I just told her the entire story about the soul union prayer. And we had this like ultimate seven day expansion of like understanding who the hell we really were. Wow. You know, when you look at somebody and you're like, I see you, I actually know who you are. Oh my God. And we were laying by the stream and I said, I don't want to date anyone else. And she was like, I don't want to date anyone else either. And I was like, well, would you like to be my girlfriend? Oh my God, <laughs> this is so cute. Like high school. Yeah. And she was like, okay, yeah. So, so, so okay. that ju it just happened. And, and it's a testament to three years of like a dark night of my soul where just for three years from like 2016 to 2019 was me just being with me and just like understanding all the dark ass parts of myself yeah. and doing a lot of breathwork journeys and plant medicine and a lot of healing work and just really getting in there and just letting go of a lot of the things that happened for me, right? In order to prepare me for this union, it's all divinely guided. It's everything is divinely guided, well, whether we want to admit it or not. You just said it, it happened for you, not to you. That's right. And that's the mind space we have to be in, right? It's, I think it's the only way that imagination can actually give us what we desire is if yeah. we're not in the fucking way. If we get, yeah. <laughs> if we like get yeah. out of the way, bye -bye. Yeah. but you know, what gets us in the way is like the, the fear. If, if we're not doing our work and if we're afraid of something, which again, we talked about religion and finance, but it also comes from parents or from community mm -hmm. fear, the news, mm -hmm. things that scare, oh, you know, training. Don't it's, it's, we're all part of a collective field. And we're all lumps in like this cosmic soup. And if we can just understand that and just go slower, I think that we're moving so fast right now. Yeah, with technology. We're seeing, we're seeing technology just like stack and replicate upon itself. For what? Just so that we can say we've done it? <laughs> like how do these technology executives sleep at night? The ones that are just chasing the top line revenue so they can make processors cheaper and speed faster. Like who are you actually serving? Mm -hmm. Like, are you really making this world better or are you just making money? Well, I think we can make money and make the world better. That's possible. That is absolutely possible. It's a reality. But the pharmaceutical industries and the 5g industries don't understand that. But I was going to go back. Hold on. I was going to ask you about a 5g, but B go back and say, if someone listening right now wants yeah. to manifest their love, yes. would you say not only do you have to cultivate your own self love, but also is that prayer for anyone or is that prayer specifically for you? No, that prayer was for anyone. So anyone. Can so do this. if you were listening to that yeah. and you really were feeling that and I'll read something else, this, this okay. is by my friend. Okay. And, and this just came up for me. And she said, for those on the quest to finding love, this is a powerful, loving suggestion. Ooh. 
stop being so attached to the outcome mm -hmm. and experience the feeling of what you really want to feel in every circumstance, no matter who you're with. At every level of relating, there are beautiful moments to take in, give, and practice love. Aww. Use them often. You will find that the more you can be in the vibration of love unconditionally, the more love will boomerang its way back to you. I love that. And that's what you and I are yeah. talking about. If you're looking to attract your love, do your work and hold the vibration of what you want and attach emotion to it. Most people journal and they'll like, I want to have my five goals and I'm going to go to my strategy session. But they're never, they never wrap emotion around it. Well, and I think I remember it's, it's again, like remember the movie, The Secret. It kind yes. of simplified this where it's like sleep on one side of the bed, put your car on one side of the garage so there's room for the other car. Sure. Fine. Great. But if you're not doing the deep work that goes behind that, yeah. it's not going to work. Exactly. Because desire and goal setting is one thing. Emotion and emotional charge is another. Yeah. Information. Tony Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins says this all the time. Information without emotion is not going to get anyone anywhere. It's when you combine information and emotion that it supercharges. That's mm -hmm. what actually gets mm -hmm. manifestation working. That is the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have a sense. I'm curious how you feel about this. And for everyone listening, like take this in right now, the law of reciprocity and the law of vibration, I can sense they're on the same frequency. In other words, the law of attraction, I'm putting out into the world what I want. Well, if I'm putting out love and I'm putting out service and I'm not hardcore expecting something in return, the law of reciprocity is going to bring it back to me. Yes. Like Shanoa talked about with the boomerang. Yeah. So the law of attraction and the law of reciprocity is really the same thing. It operates in the same vibrational code. So if I'm giving love and I'm giving service and I'm not hardcore expecting something back and I just trust that it'll come back, I mean, this is like the ultimate movie <laughs> that, we <can> just, <laughs> that we can just manifest and just make this happen for ourselves. And this is like the, the branch of physical intelligence and emotional intelligence that I'm really diving into right now is how do I get good at manifesting? Mm -hmm. Like how do I get really good at it? Because it just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, how do I duplicate that? Yeah. Like, what emotional state was I in? I was heart open. I was accepting. I was in possibility. Yeah. I wasn't in high levels of stress and I wasn't in like self-limiting beliefs and doubts and fears. And I think, I think this is unique to everyone. So yeah, I just feel like the way we started this podcast, the boomerang of love has come back. I didn't know I was going to read that. <laughs> I love it. But no, I couldn't agree more because I know I can vibrate from many different frequencies. But when I'm vibrating in gratitude, I am able to manifest. But also forgiveness. Because if you're holding anything against anyone, including yourself, you are blocked from all that can happen, all that can be yours. So for me, it's like forgiveness opens the door to freedom. And then from there, we can expand. From there, we can move into our missions. The more we give, the more we receive. And it's not just karma, like tip a little bit extra and you're going to receive money. I, maybe that works. I don't know. Tithing. Maybe that works. I don't know. But it's giving of yourself, giving and serving as much as you can. You have a podcast where you serve tons of people. Yeah, you might make some money from it, but you're doing it from a place of service. You're doing it from a place of giving back. And that reciprocity will come to you, I believe. Yeah. I love that you brought up forgiveness, too, because how many books and how many sentences from Oprah to Tony Robbins to Eckhart Tolle to all these leaders that we learn from, they're all saying the same thing with different words. Yeah, different words for sure. And you know what they're all saying is that forgiveness is not about the other person. It's not about the it's other about person. It's about me. Yes. It's about you. It's yes. a gift that we give ourselves. Yes. 
and and I'll and holding I'll, something against someone else does not hurt them; it only hurts you. Hundred percent. So anyone that is hold, if you are holding something, that person did this to me. You are playing the victim, and you are not truly letting go, and it, that doesn't affect that person; only affects you. All right, to hear the full interview with Josh, you can go back. It was a two-part series. You can listen to episodes 272 and 273 of Food Heals. Food Heals Nation, when it comes to your makeup, whether you're all about that fresh face look or maybe you rock the full glam vibe, I can do both. It just depends on the day. There's something you've probably noticed popping up all over your socials, and that is the Viral Tube Mascara from Thrive Cosmetics. Yes, that's the one in the turquoise tube that's got everyone talking, including myself. Thrive Cosmetics is all about clean, high-performance beauty. It's certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and they've got thousands of rave reviews for their best sellers. So let me introduce you to one of my favorite products, the new Impactful Semi-Permanent Smoothing Lipstick. You can get visibly fuller, smoother, more nourished lips that last up to eight hours without fading, bleeding, or drying. Plus, it's infused with moisturizing botanical oils and vitamin E, and it's got 12 shades of creamy satin finish perfection. And Thrive Cosmetics isn't just about beauty, they're about giving back. For every purchase, they help communities in need. So imagine that every time you spend a dollar on a Thrive Cosmetic product, a portion of what you spent is making a difference in the world. They uplift and empower people battling cancer. They help domestic abuse survivors find strength, confidence, and support. They celebrate and support veterans during and after military service. They lift up disadvantaged people and families seeking a path out of homelessness and so many more beautiful causes. Thrive Cosmetics is truly the luxury beauty brand that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash foodheals. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash foodheals for 20% off your first order. All right, next up, I'm talking to Lynn Taggart about how to build an abundant business and become a vibrational match for your desires. Roll it, Roxy. One of the things that you say is that you help people create a soulful online business and be unapologetically abundant. And so how do you get from being apologetic and fear-based to being unapologetically abundant? I think that's just so beautiful. This is actually a really loaded question. Um, And I know that's what I do kind of you know, on that bird's eye perspective, but it takes time. So it's not something that we do overnight. So I'm working with my clients kind of three months, six months, um, sometimes longer. But I really believe that whenever people are in full alignments, and what I mean by that is that they're tapped into their souls. So they're not looking at the outside world seeing what everybody else is doing and then going, I should do that. Or they're not following some, you know, real strategic plan for their business. It's kind of like they know in their their deepest soul what it is that they're here to do. And so when they know that and they feel it, of course, the resistance comes up. But I really see, you know, my job is kind of helping them to clear the path. Every time that there's a block, every time there's a fear or 
they think I can't charge for this. So a lot of kind of soulful spiritual people think that they they have this belief that because they were born with a gift that they shouldn't charge. And so I'm kind of helping them to undo a lot of these belief systems that they've grew up with, that society, you know, has helped them to form. And we're taking it back to the reality. And the reality is that we live in a very abundant universe and that when they're tapped into that energy and they use that as fuel for their business, it's okay to charge. It's okay to go out there and, you know, put a a dollar price on your program and increase your prices. This is like, them having to step into this so they start off you know charging a certain amount of price but over time they're able to really own the energy behind that and realize that in order for them to charge more they need to create more space and have these energetic boundaries in place really honor themselves for their gift and the work that they're here to do I know for me that really looked like not being in the hustle and not being so busy all the time that you feel that burnout and that stress. My aim is to get people into flow. When they're in flow and when they're in that alignment, they get the ideas which are going to make the money. They are able to move easier and navigate the fears from a place of love. They're always going to be there, but it's kind of like, how can we move forward today knowing that that fear is going to be there, but it gets smaller And so it's really enabling them to stay true to their vision, helping them to realize that the vision is the driver. And so if they were successful tomorrow, they would probably not want to at all. They would run a million miles because energetically, they're not a match for the success, for the money, the freedom, the travel, whatever success is for them. And so this is kind of a very slow process of me setting them up to have this really deep rooted success, allowing them to move even closer to the vision, you know, them being lined up for that and not running the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a deep process. I mean, there's so many things that come up that could take them out. There's a lot of people that don't survive in the online world because their fears really take over and I see it as you know giving them the tools and resources and practices which are spiritual which are energetic which are mindset which are going to allow them to deal with the the stuff as it comes up for them and that's them becoming really empowered and owning what it is that you know they're here to do and just really navigating their way through that yeah and I love something that you said which is about the difference between hustle and flow. And I am in both. I love both. But I know for myself, if I get stuck in the hustle and the busyness, it's not truly serving me. And it actually prevents me from getting into flow. And flow is when the ideas come to you. Flow happens when you're meditating or when you're in the shower when you're alone and quiet or listening to music or really inspired by something. So can you talk a little bit about some tips to help people get into flow? Like what do you do to get into flow? Mm, Okay. So it's going to look different for everyone. So I kind of say to people like you need to find out what it is for you. And some of those things you mentioned are great. Now the, the big blocker in the beginning is I don't have time. I'm a mom, all of these excuses. So the key when you start is to drop the excuse. 
you know, just block out a small amount of time. It doesn't have to be a full day away or half a day. It literally is 10 minutes in the morning and just get started. And so for me, it is this time of morning. It's when the kids are sleeping, hubby's in bed. You know, I can ignore all the things that need done. I've been able to kind of train myself to get up early and create that space because if I wait and did it later in the day, life's in the way, the kids are in the way, it just doesn't happen. And so for me, I have, you know, a morning practice and that's my space for getting in flow. And I do breath work, I use essential oils, I'm setting intentions. What I love to do is just find that thing in the morning that I feel drawn to do. And sometimes it's yoga and sometimes it's a hip training. Um, it's intuitive writing. There's a lot of different things. If I find myself going to that place of being so in my mind that I don't, I'm not getting anything done. I'm just, you know, so busy and overwhelmed that actually my productivity levels drop. That's Mm -hmm. whenever I'll really just stand up away from the laptop and go and do something that is totally non-work related. And sometimes it's just going outside and having a walk or like you said, listening to music, putting on a podcast. It's, It's getting out of your own head because when you're in your own head, you can't connect. I think it's key that a lot of people don't honor themselves enough to do that. And so this boundary of having enough self-love for yourself and honoring yourself enough that you do want to stay in flow is crucial. What happens is your productivity levels actually go up. Your belief in your ability to attract and manifest the things that you truly desire um, becomes way faster and you will start to see really rapid shifts in everything. Yeah. And I love the manifestation process. Can you talk about what you do to manifest, whether it is to manifest more time, more clients, more money, more joy? Can you talk about that process? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, my biggest hang up was I don't have time. And actually, as I have become more aligned with the law of attraction and all the universal laws and and manifesting, time has expanded. I've never had so much free time or time for myself and I think all right how do we do that I need that one right now (laughs) yeah because like there is the you know people think time we all have the same time and so it's so true all the big gurus have exactly the same time as what we have and the more that you allow yourself to take time for yourself and take time to get in flow the more that time will actually expand for you and so you'll start to feel more spacious This is an energetic piece as well. So like in our body, we're going to feel really heavy and maybe in pain and under pressure when we, you know, we think we don't have enough time. But actually, whenever you start to really tune in at deeper levels, you'll suddenly feel more expansive and the the energy doesn't stay as stagnant in your body. And so there's things that you can do to help really release that and, you know, movement and breath work and oils and crystals and all of that will start to really raise your vibration. So a lot of it is that energy piece. But when it comes to manifestation, there's a process that I, you know, will use over and over again. The first thing is like, you're going to get an idea. Like you said, you're driving the car, you're in the shower, you get a desire or an idea to launch something, or, you know, you want to work on something in your life and business. Don't ignore that. You know, a lot of women especially will say, I don't deserve that. There's no chance I could ever do any of that. They almost suffocate the desire. But when you have that desire, recognize that and just tune into it and say, like, why is that coming up? 
what would that look like for me? So one of mine is to, you know, be somewhere hot as much as possible because Ireland is so cold and I know that my vibration raises phenomenally when I'm in a hot country. So mm-hmm. if I say to myself, like, how could that happen? Okay, so I'm not going to move, but how can I be in a hot environment X number of times a year? What would that actually look like? Start to explore the desire because when you do that, you start to then open up this kind of box of ideas and that's whenever it gets more exciting. It's really asking, so declaring to the universe, like, I want this to happen. This is an intention that I want to bring into my life. And when you do that, you're kind of planting that seed, you're putting it out there. And because the universe is, you're kind of lining up and saying, okay, I want this, the universe will start to deliver. And so you need to be aware of the signs. You need to start to look for the things around you. Maybe there's somebody's name that you should go and speak with. Maybe there's an invitation that you get. Yeah, so all of those things and just let those signs kind of be in your environment, if you like. If you're too busy, you won't see the signs or you won't hear the signs. So that's really important. And then the next stage is to allow. And what the allowing looks like is becoming a vibrational match for the desire. And so quite often these things, if you think about a lottery winner and, you know, they win massive amounts of money and then they lose it all, it's because they weren't a vibrational match. Their energy wasn't the frequency to be able to receive and hold on to that money. And there's so many stories of lottery winners who have lost it all. And there's stories of people who have hit the lottery more than once and lost it all. (laughs) Definitely. And it's all down to, you know, that container that you become to be able to hold on to the desire. And so you might not be able to build a seven-figure business this year, But what you would want to do if that was your desire is move closer towards that and start to really almost prove to the universe that you can hold on to money or you can make money and you understand the flow of money and how it works and all of that. So you're kind of like practicing the thing that you want to desire. And for some people, they're not caught up in the resistance. So any resistance would come in and almost decrease the vibration and make you lower vibe. And when you're lower vibe, it's harder to receive. But what I look for is the things that are really going to raise my energy and move me towards the desire. It's amazing then how the manifestation unfolds. So it could be the exact thing that you're looking for. It could be very close to you or it could actually be beyond the thing that you were desiring. Yeah, I love it when that one happens. (laughs) Definitely. All right, to listen to the full episode with Lynn, go back to episode 209 of Food Heals. Food Heals Nation, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope it inspired you as much as it inspired me. And don't worry, I've got even more stories to share with you. So stay tuned for the next episode in this series where we will be sharing all about how to manifest your goals and desires in 2024 and beyond. See you next time, Food Heals Nation, and cheers to your good health. Who else wants a free, fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door? Let me back up. The first time I went to Italy, I finally tasted real olive oil for the first time. It's not that I had never had olive oil before, of course, in the States, but the difference was I was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Ravello 
off the Amalfi Coast. It was an experience I will never forget. And I ended up shipping like six bottles of it home because I couldn't bear to go back to store-bought processed olive oil. Well, the same thing happened to TJ Robinson. He's also known as the olive oil hunter. He learned that olive oil packs the most flavor and the healthiest nutrients when it's fresh from the farm. And that's the problem with your typical like supermarket olive oil the olive oil is not fresh. They can sit on the shelf for months, years, growing stale. And that's why I'm so excited that I now get my olive oil direct from small award-winning farms. Thanks to TJ, who I just did an olive oil tasting with, which was so fun. I absolutely fell in love with their vibrant, fresh, grassy flavors. They're totally delicious. They're great on veggies, pasta, salad, you name it. And TJ has his fresh pressed olive oil club and food heals nation he will send you a full-size bottle worth 39 dollars of one of the world's finest most artisanal olive oils fresh from the latest harvest but he's only going to charge you one dollar to help cover shipping there's no commitment to buy anything now or ever it's his gift to food heals nation so you can get your free 39 dollar bottle for just one dollar shipping taste the difference taste the freshness you can go to get fresh 323.com. That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.